0: we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways.
1: Hey, welcome everyone. This We have been excited about this meeting today. And this is a generals panel meeting, and we're so happy to be able to uh, help be a part of that. My name is BJ. Hill, and I'm part of the Mothers Who Know team. and we just love to try and find ways to provide support and connection and training and hope as our just Latter-day Saint families, we're bumping into real life, and we're wanting to do it in just a a peaceful, purposeful way. Just want to welcome you all for being here. Thank you if you're here helping with the panel and, if you're able to, if you're in a spot where you can be on screen, that does just elevate this meeting. And if you're not in a spot, just be here and know it when you're welcome. We're glad you're here as well. So I'm gonna hand it over to Debbie. And then after that, we're gonna hand it over to Maurice. So thanks so much, Debbie. We're so blessed to have the heavy hitters that help
0: train these sons of helaman. And it's called a general's panel. And we're gonna get to listen and learn from. These clinicians and Maurice Harker will lead Maurice Harker, the director of life-changing services will lead this today and we'll turn the time over to him right now. Hi, Maurice.
2: Good morning. My name is Maurice Harker housing five. What is that 18 years ago now? I was uh, asked to be the pre-mission assessment specialist for LDS family services in our area here and they asked me to be the guy who does the interviews. Now, my investment in and love for young men had started many years before. I am the third of nine boys with no sisters in my family of origin, and we had a walking football team or basketball team or soccer team built in everywhere we went, and so we had to learn how to have a camaraderie. Is that the word for it? When half the time you're beating each other up and the other half of the time you're beating up everybody else. And uh, your parents are like, do you love each other? Do you hate each other? And I don't know, let me finish putting my brother in a headlock here and then I'll let you know how I feel about him. But what that, those early experiences and then doing pre-mission stuff, the commitment to watching these young men grow And when you're raised in a family, interestingly developing young men, and then you watch what they become and what they can become and how hard they they can work to overcome their developmental dynamics, it's not hard to have hope. I met last night with a mother who has her first teenage son and she's having a bit of a panic attack over his future. And I'm going, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And she's trying not to say, but he's a complete mess right now. And I'm so worried he's going to go off the deep end. And I'm all, it's okay. So we've been striving to refine and fine tune the training approach to these young men. The basic principles come from the science that can be found in the gospel, the conference talks, the prophets, modern and ancient I'm grateful because if we were using only what the scientists have come up with so far, there would be noticeable gaps. Over these years, I've had a chance to work with two groups of men. One of them, we call them generals. Generals are young men who have done the work. They have moved from the fears and agonies of and the shame and humiliation that comes with finding that they don't have control of their sexuality in their mid-adolescent days. And, and then they try things and, and try things and fail and try things and fail and try things and fail and try things and succeed. We call them generals to sustain the military psychology idea behind it. The other group of men that you're going to meet today on rare occasion, this is the first time we've invited our group leaders, our, uh, clinician level men. I've known some of these men for over 10 years. They have been phenomenal. They take a pay cut, just so you know, to run these groups. They can make more money doing other things, but they have a love for your sons. And Karen and the Mothers to Know team, in our conversation, we thought, what if we could just get a few of them to come and And tell us how it is in these meetings, and give moms a chance. I I want you to hear from them to hear some of the amazing psychological tightropes they walk. So we have uh, Todd, who's probably our newest. He's in the final stages of his training and is starting to run groups. We have Greg, who is older than dirt. No, okay, but he's of the clinicians here today. He's the one I've known the longest, and his. Commitment and dedication to the young men is absolutely phenomenal. Sam Brown joins us. He's fun to have in a, he's probably, okay, parents ask me which group is better, which one is the one I should go to or send my son to. And my actual recommendation is have him change groups every once in a while just to experience the different personalities. Uh, For instance, one of the differences between Sam and I is I have a tendency to default to a pretty aggressive and like uh, a wrestler coach's approach to things, which Scott, who is one of our our generals who's joined us, he got to experience some of that fun. We call it fun, huh, Scott? Okay. But if you go from my group to Sam's group, you're going to feel like you're in a temple chapel when you're with Sam, because Sam is warm and uplifting and inspiring. And, and then there's Michael Blair. Now, one of Michael's gifts is, He's like one of the fastest people to build a friendship with, a bond with. And so if you meet with Maurice, I thought Maurice was like my enemy. He was pushing me. When you meet with Michael, you can tell he loves you and he actually cares and is supportive. And I tried to duplicate that once and I gave up on that quickly. But one of the, one of the gentlemen here that you're going to have a privilege to hear from, who is a self-humble guy, but he's actually a rock star And he's holding a baby right now. Brighton is one of the most unique of the men you're going to meet today because I met Brighton 12 years ago, something like that, when he was a teenager and he joined Sons of Helaman. And he's one of the rare people you can meet who joined us from a beginner's position, one who was struggling and then went on to serve a mission. Came home, went to school, got married, and the little critter he's holding is actually his third child, so he's not classified as a newlywed anymore, and he runs groups. And I recognize there's some questions that have been brought to us. By the way, clinicians and generals, if you have a time constraint today where you can't stay with us the whole time, would you please private chat me so I can make sure to include you early in the conversation. Brighton, I would like you to address a question, if you would, please, in case your baby decides that she needs your full attention and you can only stay for five minutes. Okay. I met with a mom yesterday who was afraid her son would have to come to Sons of Healing for the rest of his life, and it might take him forever to learn what he needed to learn to gain the self-mastery. Would you tell us about your journey through first your personal let's keep the focus primarily on what it's like to not get it for a while. And then the transition into becoming a solidly confident man who can become a, a father, a husband and a clinician and a group leader.
3: Yeah. So the short background is I was exposed to pornography around eight years old. Um, struggled more or less on my own for about eight years. I told my parents what was going on when I was 11, they caught me again when I was 13. They were a little out of their depth, I was out of my depth. And so struggling on our own for a while until we found Sons of Heal when I was 16 years old. And then it took me about a year and a half to meet the requirements to graduate from the program. And I was what is sometimes referred to in group as the yo yoer, where I'd win for a month, lose for two, win for a month, lose for two, and it took me a long time to figure it out and get it right. What I eventually learned is living recovery is less of a transformation. is less of a miracle. And it's more of gaining a skill set or a tool belt. Getting the right tools in the belt, knowing how to use them appropriately, and all the other things that it takes to get good at anything. President Nelson has told us multiple times that... To get good at anything requires practice. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is no different. Being someone who lives recovery is no different. So it takes time. It takes effort. Sometimes there is that fear of, am I ever going to get it right? Am I going to be able to keep getting it right? And with patience, practice, and persistence, you can. Right. So, if you'd clarify
2: something, it's not uncommon for moms to be afraid that every time you lose a battle, you're going to hell and we're in trouble now, and we're all going to die, and it's really scary for them. You have been a student, a warrior, a leader, a trainer. What have you learned, or what is taught in Sons of Helaman that is a combination of the science of resilience that might be found in sports and the gospel principles that tell us you're not going to hell? Like, You don't need to be filled with shame and shame won't help. Can you talk us through that,
3: those two pieces? Yeah. In group, one of the things that we talk about, we don't always use the term practice, but the idea comes up a lot. When you lose a battle, we use the term, it's a lost battle. We don't usually don't use the term relapse and those kinds of things. And not that those words are bad, but when we put it in that context, same way as an athlete, if you lose a game, the season isn't over. You review the film, you try to learn from it and see what you can do better. One of the best things that Sons of Helaman does is teaches you are not your own enemy and creates a context. There is a demon who has over 6,000 years of experience who wants nothing more than to ruin the day. And so it's not you failing because you're a mess up. It's a very talented and brilliant person outwitted you. And when you put it in that context, I have an opponent and there's work to be done When I lose, it means I was outwitted. It's so different from these feelings of shame that I'm going to be, I'm going to have an eternal timeout in a fiery place. It makes such a big difference and it helps take care of that shame aspect. And from there, once you learn what is the context, how was I outwitted? Now that's something that's fixable rather than I'm broken and I messed up. I've got something I can practice. And as I practice that, I can make progress. Thank you,
2: Brighton. Moms, if you have uh, questions as these different uh, gentlemen are speaking, please type them into the chat. If it's a extended com- a question, just say, I have a question on that subject and BJ will flag me. BJ, is there any questions that have come in so far that are related to what we've been talking about so far that I could weave into the conversation?
1: No questions so far. I do have okay. several very common questions if they're needed later.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Michael tells me that he may not be able to stick with us for a whole time. Michael, one of the specialties you've demonstrated that I'd like you to talk about is the elimination of shame, the elimination of humiliation, the um, um, embedding in and planting in them, the reminder of their true identity and the good spirits they come with, the noble spirits. Can you talk to us about how you in your groups create an atmosphere that eliminates shame and increases confidence?
4: thank you anyway yeah i was going to say i've been thinking about this it's the combination of the whole package that really helps these young men to to get this it's everything all together it's the love that i give to them it's the love that moms give to them and dads give to them it's the love they find in the scriptures in the prayers it's having some experiences where they actually get answers to their prayers it's It's the participation in the gospel as a whole, along with just becoming very clear that there's nothing, there is absolutely nothing that you or I can do to stop the Lord from loving us. Not one thing. You can't, you, sorry, you can be a bad boy if you want, bad girl, you can think you're crazy, but it won't change that light from coming through. And it takes a while to get that because the world doesn't teach that. And And many of us have been lost in the expectations of mankind and not in the expectations of the Lord. The expectations from the Lord, we can count on those being legit, but we can't anticipate the expectations from men being legit very often. There's so many unfulfilled expectations that make people unhappy. And so these guys get unhappy with themselves because they can't meet their expectation. My gosh, they're smart. There are a lot of most of them are just so bright and sharp and smart and athletes and talented musicians or lego masters or something like that <laughs> yeah they are they're all so smart and they are all really fun and creative and in all kinds of different and varied ways some of them have, have brain damage that has to be worked around yeah that has to be worked around. i even i have some of that so what's the big deal and so it's the combination it's the energy of this whole program. Uh, I've been doing this for I think eight or nine years now, and it's a highlight of my week because of because when two or more are gathered in my name, there the spirit shows up, and we do gather in His name, and it's a bright and those. Boys, I don't even have to I don't have to beg the boys to come. I I don't have to follow them up hardly ever. They just come. They come on their own. Once in a while, they get distracted by a job or something, but they almost always just come right back. One boy played baseball for a season and came back. He went to other program meetings for a while, but he came back. And I can tell you what, I want to tell you one more thing. There are imperfect young men who've gone on missions through my program. Imperfect, yeah, because we're all imperfect, right? But young men who weren't 84 days yet. Their bishops, their state presidents, their leadership have felt to call them on missions anyway. And I'm not so what I'm saying to you is sometimes a job isn't totally done in the time we have. And they go on a mission and they get so filled with the spirit, they whip it, they get past this issue finally. And other times they come back after mission sometimes and finish up. So it's it's this is quite an amazing. I I can tell you one more thing. I have single-handedly tried in my, on my own, as has Maurice and many others of us, to do my own magic therapy, just a one-on-one with the boys and get it done. And I've almost always found it's this group concept that does the job. There may be some other issues that have to be sorted out privately, but this group is, is the context in which most of the young men get to where they need to go in the best way possible.
2: Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you taking your time to be here.
4: Glad to be here. I'm going to...
2: Thank you. I'm going to... I know, Greg, you prefer if I give you a little heads up that I'm going to ask you to talk next. So I'm going to ask Greg to talk about this. We have this... Another tight rope we walk, this balance between you have to have the intensity of a boot camp trainer and... But be as fun and playful to create a warm space of where they... boy. I had a, the mom last night I talked to, she, and during our conversation, her son's 14, 15 years old and she goes, I don't understand. This is the weirdest thing. We have been dragging this kid to this thing and this thing. And he's been coming for what, six, eight weeks now. And all I have to do is say, Hey, do you have group tonight? He says, yeah, let's make sure I get on the screen. And, and she's all, what? She says, we're on vacation. And I said, don't you usually have group on these nights? He says, yeah, let's make sure I can get on screen. We're in like Cancun, and you want to get in your group session instead of go play on the beach? He's all, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Greg is an artist, he's very skilled at this balance, this movement between focus, hyper focus, intense grit. Just to let you moms know, some of our perspective is we have to think like boot camp instructors, who our goal is to keep them from coming home in a body bag. Okay we have to treat them with as much intensity sometimes as satan does so they can have a a rel- referable the experience they can remember but if you're only intense all the time they're not going to stay there and if you're only goofy all the time they're not going to get any value out of it greg tell us about walking that tightrope or that teeter totter and how you create a balance like that for them
5: first of all we have to understand that as I always say to the guys, 90% of the guys struggle with this and the other 10% are lying. We're all trying to manage our way through sexual energy. Let's be honest. Who gave us this power? God. And if guys didn't have it, how many guys would actually get married? That's interesting question. So let's understand that this is the greatest gift that God's blessed us with. And I always say, if you can't have fun doing this, we're doing it wrong. This is the plan of happiness, not depression. We've got to learn how to understand that Adam Fellow men might be men are that might have joy. And, and if we can't learn from our challenges that we're going through, what's the purpose? That's why we came down here. This is our curriculum to learn, do lost battle analysis, learn from not just porn and masturbation to learn from all things i've worked with couples all the time and how can we stop fighting each other and start fighting the real enemy and let's have some fun doing it instead of man i've just seen these poor boys the hardest thing is getting them back up after they fall and feel like the world's falling apart and i'm like no it hasn't you're just human you're having a human experience And what can we learn from this and how can we get back in the game? And I love, i Brighton said that, we just lost the game. If you mess up on the piano, nobody's perfect on the piano when they first start. Nobody's perfect at a sport when they first start. And I'm definitely not perfect at math when I first start. I'm still trying to figure that out. So understand it's a process. And to think that you've got to overcome this in 12 weeks, we are always going to have hormones. God blessed us with those. I always say to get these poor kids out of the basement, stop playing video games, get out there, get a job, get married. Because if we didn't have the hormones, we wouldn't get out there. I say, just like food reminds us to go out there and eat, hormones remind us to get out there and get married and keep this population going. That's the reminder God put inside of us that we want to have this beautiful opportunity like Brighton has of walking around holding this beautiful baby and be connected and have love and that's but at the same time Satan's real (laughs) and he does not like he wants anything and everything to make you miserable like unto himself and so when we can understand the realness of the enemy that he's going to shred you and do everything he can And I always say the best fight with Satan is don't fight him. (laughs) Don't talk to him. (laughs) You know, don't waste another second with him. Because the more you talk to him, the more you lose. I love that Carl Jung quote, more what you resist persists. And sometimes the more we resist something, the more fear we have towards. So I'm trying to get him to let's have more faith. Let's let go of the fear. Let's faith it till we make it, not fake it till we make it. (laughs) And let's have some fun doing this at the same time.
2: Thanks. Greg, if a mom walks by a meeting and hears you laughing, the boys laughing, and everyone's goofing off and she goes, oh, I'm so worried that we're not getting our money's worth because all they do is play around in that meeting. (laughs) Can you tell us what is happening in that moment and why it's relevant to the process?
5: The I always say, when is hate and shame and misery helped you want to change? Can you hate yourself enough to change? Can you be depressed enough? Is that what the atonement is? I teach these because the atonement is to get back into joy as soon as possible. Even in DNC 19, it says, I suffered so you don't have to suffer. So it's not about you got to be depressed for at least two or three weeks before I'm going to forgive you. No, how quickly, and Maurice, I read that quote you say in the back of the journal all the time in Lost Battle Analysis, this should take less than a few minutes, not hours, not days, not months of depression. I would much rather laugh about this and have humor and learn from it. And yes, we cry sometimes. We talk about serious things. But I want them to understand. And that was one of the, (laughs) I just got a text from one of the guys the other day. He's going on his mission and he's just, Greg, and and excuse his words. He's a teenage boy. Thanks for being so kind to us horny boys that have a problem. (laughs) And I'm so grateful you're patient with us. And you love us through this. And I, For the first time, I don't feel the shame around this and I know that I can keep learning the rest of my life and I have the tools because this is not a 12-week program this you get to generalize Said, okay good you got deployed now you got to go out and use all these tools that you've learned and let's get better at it so these are some of the things if we're not laughing, we're not having fun. I don't, to me, it's, I say the same thing to my kids. If you're not having fun doing the gospel, you're you're not doing it right. (laughs) It's supposed to be the plan of happiness and joy. So let's have fun
2: doing this. And this is, that's how I talk about. Thank you, Greg. Now, by the way, moms, I take a risk whenever I have a meeting where other people can meet some of the other uh, group leaders and clinicians, and I will not be offended at all if you, Meet people like Greg and Michael and Sam and any others, and say, you know what? I'd like my kid to go to their group for a while because I would like them to be trained by him. Uh, no offense, Maurice, but I think my kid would do better in Greg's group than your group. Hey, just so you know, I have a testimony of diversified training, and that's not going to hurt my feelings at all. Okay, so. I just want to make sure you know that if you feel prompted as a mom to move your son from one group to another, we built the system so that can be easily done. So you can move your ways. You can even call these clinicians, ask Lisa or Lisa, Hey, can I talk to Greg privately in a conversation? And Greg will probably offer some time for a, a brief consultation. Any of them will. They love to talk to parents and, and resolve your concerns. So I just wanted to let you know that, just if you feel inspired to spend some time with one of these other clinicians, please do. Okay, I'm going to bring down the conversation because it's really fitting for to talk to after what Greg was saying. Now it has some amazingly cool features about him. One is he's a professional sinner. Yeah. Okay. Now this man has done things that would make your teenage boy blush. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the details of it, but part of what I'm doing when I say such a thing is I want you parents to observe non-shame-based response when I say that, okay? Notice that I can talk about him being a sinner without him buckling at the knees and ducking behind a, a, a bush. He has done his work. <laughs> now, there's another thing I want you to observe about is is. He was blessed with the ability to be a goofball, a, a, what do you call it, A bully. He <laughs> can take things extremely seriously. He can get himself into trouble in 20 seconds or less, or he can become one of the top leaders of a military private school. And he's done all of those. Okay. So walk us through it, okay? Tell us a little bit about you before you joined Sons of Human. Tell us about the middle phase where you, Brighton uses the nice term, yo. I think like pinball would be more accurate for you or something like that. And then you figured it out. Now, here's the amazing thing. This is one of the things I want you to see and the others is he didn't lose his fun side, Okay, he just gained discipline over it. He knows when it's time to be serious and he knows when it's time to be a goofball. So first take us back in time, give us a brief reference vaguely. We do not need any graphic detail of your cynical <laughs> skills. Okay, just tell us a little about the old Scott, please.
6: Yes, sir. Right, thank you, Maurice. Uh, I'm gonna start back in let's say seventh grade, right? before, way before I came to this school. Seventh grade, I had a phone, and that that was really when I started getting to be a trouble kid. I'd always done things here and there to get in trouble, but seventh grade was when it really started to take off. I was friends with the wrong kids. Yeah. Anyways, needless to say, I got in a lot of trouble. For an example is that I got my phone taken away, and I broke into my dad's safe and took my phone back yeah
2: that's I've not funny that I'm not laughing that's not funny totally totally inappropriate behavior
6: yeah well, Maurice come on anyways so then the year after that eighth grade I was dual enrolled in two schools my regular middle school and an advanced math and science school and then COVID hit and <laughs> never got to finish eighth grade year And then I transferred school districts to a new school freshman year with online school. Now I'm from Idaho, as I'm guessing at least a couple people here are too. And anyways, the school district I was in was not prepared for COVID. And then my sister left for college. And needless to say, Being at home during a school day by myself, while my mom's running errands, my dad's on a trip and going to Japan or something for work, and I'm just home alone on a computer sitting in a virtual classroom, just just listening to someone talk, and I don't get to do anything. That sucked. (laughs) And I already been addicted before. So then at that point, it just spiraled and I spiraled. I did go into a state of depression for a long time. And then my parents found my current school and decided, you know, what, you're going to go live in California and go to a military-based boarding school. And I'm like, okay, it's better than the alternative, which is staying here. Ever since then, I've been here and, yeah, been able to overcome my addiction through the help of Sons of Helaman with Maurice. And I give a lot of it to Maurice because me and him worked one-on-one talking about leadership and whatnot. And I back in my freshman year, I never thought I would get to the point where I'd be like a top leader position at my school. I just wanted to be what we call a fallen, just a low rank, just no responsibilities now I've got a lot of responsibilities. I got a lot of stuff to do. In fact, I was actually working earlier on a project for the school, but yeah, we don't need to worry about that. But anyways, I, as Marie said, I am a skilled center and one of the best ones was lying. I was really good at lying to people's faces including Maurice, including my parents. I could lie straight to their face. I basically could run circles around them with lies and they wouldn't be able to catch on at a certain point. And after a while, I actually started to feel really terrible about it. But I knew if I told the truth or something, I'd get in trouble and it was just a little bit of fear. But when I came clean, eventually, my parents weren't mad. They were just like, yeah, we're not happy you didn't tell us and you lied to us, but we're still here. We're going to support you while you go through Sons of Helaman. We believe in you. We love you. All that. And that really helps solidify that. And even times when I was embarrassed that and I came to Sons of man I was caught in a lie again. The group didn't shame me. Yeah, Eventually, later on, we crack our own fair share of jokes like Maurice did earlier, but that's because we're all friends. So we could all crack jokes like that, and none of us take it seriously because we all know we're joking. And that's what I love about Sons of Helaman, because going to an all-boys military school here, people joke all the time. But half the time, it's not joking. They're serious, and they're trying to insult you. And this school just helped me to learn the difference between actually being, like, making a joke that's supposed to be hurtful and being jokeful as a friend. And, yeah, I just, I love Sons of Healing Men. D- I'm not able to come as often, but I still come when I'm able to. Now, I guess the main thing I should talk about is what was the turning point. Turning point for me was sophomore year when I was introduced to Sons of Helaman. And I went into Sons of Helaman and, again, still some line and whatnot. It wasn't the main turning point when I actually started to try. was later on, about partway through my junior year, when the guy who was in my current position before me decided to choose me to help him be his assistant and being chosen to be an assistant for a leadership position is a great honor. And that helps you get a chance to be, get that position later on. And so I felt really honored, but I also didn't felt like I was going to be good at the job. And so I decided to work hard and I realized at that point why is it that i'm working so hard on this one thing that's in the end not really going to matter nearly as much as something as working on an addiction that will destroy my life eventually if i don't try to man up and get over it or get past it, i should say so that was really the main turning point i really started working hard started having a bunch of one-on-one meetings with Maurice to help improve leadership, to help get over or get past my addiction. And now I'm, there are some kids who have problems at school that I tell them, Hey, I know this great group. If you want to go to it, it is LDS. And I'm only one of two kids on campus that are LDS, but I tell them, I know a great therapy place. That helps with this exact issue. I went through it for a while and it's been great. Most of them haven't taken me up on that offer, but it's their loss.
7: But
2: tell just... us about tell us about how you've learned to balance your playful side with your serious side and how you have kept both, if you wouldn't mind.
6: Of course. I've always been a fun loving guy. In fact, for a while I almost loved having fun I prioritize having fun over being serious that's not always a good idea but it is fun it is a good idea to sometimes prioritize one over the other just not all the time especially this year I've been able to figure out how to balance playfulness and seriousness by figuring out when learning with Maurice when it is appropriate and when it's not For example, in a leadership meeting on Tuesday morning, so like today, that's a time to be serious, and other guys don't necessarily understand that, and they'll crack jokes and whatnot when we're trying to get through this meeting, and I'm sitting there, and I have to tell them later on, "Hey, you shouldn't do that. That makes the meeting go longer. None of us want it to go longer, but it's also not the right time, and it's very inappropriate to crack those jokes, but then there are times like in the classroom where we're having fun, we're playing a game, for example, and then we can, that's a time when we can crack jokes. It's all about understanding which one is important at what time. And I'd say a majority of the time for me, playfulness is more prevalent because I like to have more, a lot more fun. I don't want to just be like sitting behind a computer all day working on stuff. That's not me. That's not what I'm meant for. But some people would love that. Me, I need to have fun with my friends and then I can go behind the desk and work on my projects.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm watching the chat for conversations that come in. Some come privately, some come to the whole group. Please just keep sending the messages in. There's a couple of themes that I'm seeing. One of them, the most common one, is the shame sensation. And then I don't want him to feel judged. I want to introduce you to a, another one of our generals. If if there's any young man that I've worked with in the last while who has a right to worry about people judging him, if he has a right to fear that other people will feel like it's appropriate to shame him. I won't talk about any of the details, but a couple of things. When you're sitting in a Sons of healing meeting, what goes on in there that gets rid of the sensation of judgment and shame? What, go, what happens in those meetings that makes it so those feelings are um, the opportunity for them are, is to be eliminated? Thank
8: you. Um, in these meetings, you you sit there with these kids that all have the these similar issues. And when you're sitting there and you talk about your issues, it's hard. It's difficult. It's shameful. It's embarrassing, right? But these kids, they just, they laugh it off. They know that they're there for a purpose and you develop the sense of brotherhood bonding with your group because you know that we're all here and then we have a good leader of the group with i am in maurice's group and it's very different than traditional groups because like Maurice said i have a lot of right to be judged i found very creative ways to lose battles. And it got me in a lot of trouble to the point where we had to move neighborhoods and move out of places. Cause it was so bad. I got, we all were getting judged for it. And i had the unfortunate opportunity of going to different groups for these kinds of therapy and they don't teach it the same way. They don't teach it with this spiritual aspect of it's not your fault. And they always teach, "Oh, you have this trigger that just pops into your head, that's your completely your fault. You have nothing you can do about it. And you just have to go and ignore it. Where in this group, you learn, it's not my fault. You can actually learn to stop triggers before they happen with training. And that just it brings hope to the people to the kids that come to the group. And because they have that hope and they have that brotherhood, they don't care what other people think, especially in the group. The, and the groups are also just so diverse in their backgrounds of who is in the group, how they're in the group, why they come to group. There's plenty of kids that just come to group because their parents tell them to. And there's plenty of kids that come to group because they want to every single week. And you just learn from everybody. And that's the big part of why there's no
2: shame in that aspect. I have some follow-up questions. A lot of the parents worry about lying, that their boy is lying in the group and faking it and they're not getting what they should be getting from the group. You and I have both seen new guys and maybe you were one of them that lied for a little while at first. What happens in those groups with respect specifically to how we respond to someone who reports lost battles? When someone says, I'm back at week zero, I lost battles this week, why do they tell the truth?
8: That's a hard question. I did lie for a while because it was mostly, I feel, for your parents. You want to, not for the group necessarily. There's some people that just come and lie because if we get good enough, points of winning battles throughout the whole group we get rewards we get pizza every week and there's some people that lie just to get the pizza or there's some people that lie because they want to piece of parents but eventually it just the lying just doesn't make sense anymore the lying doesn't feel good anymore you sit there and you can always tell when people are lying because they'll either make too much eye contact or not enough or the way they say it is too fast and then they just sit the rest of the time and then they don't pay attention they don't get what they want out of the group and some people that that will never change but for me i did it, i'm have the unfortunate thing of turning 18 in a couple of days. And so I really took into consideration that I have the choice of going on a mission. I become an adult. I have to grow up and I have to become better or else life will just toss me aside and won't care about me. It doesn't care in, in the first place. So I have to do whatever I have to do to find my place in the world. And that's what got me to actually work on it.
2: Thank you. One more question. You did not graduate instantly. You didn't join the group and instantly go straight to 12 weeks. You had to do some learning through Lost Battles. What were some of the game-changing principles? What were the pieces that fell into place for you that gave you the momentum to make consistent progress and get it to stick for you?
8: The biggest piece that helped me graduate is, like I said, I did all these other different groups and therapies and treatments that didn't work. They didn't help because they don't address the issue. I feel like they don't address the issue because they say these triggers that you have, these feelings, they're your fault. And some of them are better than others. Some of them say, yeah, you make a mistake. It's not the end of the world. But in this group, you learn of how not only to keep those triggers from happening on purpose, like knowing when they're going to happen, how they're going to happen, what they're going to, you could even predict what exactly the trigger is going to be and you can completely avoid it. And it really changes your perspective of you can always figure
2: out a way to be better and helps a lot. Thank you. One more question. Earlier, one of the uh, clinicians talked about, it's a young man up against a genius tempter of 6,000 years. What's one of the skills you gained or tools you use that give you reason to believe that someone as young as you can win these battles for an extended period of time. What do you have that empowers you to win against a 6,000-year-old psychological military genius?
8: You learn in this group that not only you can win, but when you win, the feelings that you get are so much infinitely more better than if you just went and decided to go lose the battle. And you have to learn to figure out how he how Satan decides to attack you for a very long time. I I would I've lost battles for a very long time. And when I started coming and hearing that, oh, there's this demon that's just putting these thoughts in your head, it makes it so much more, it makes more sense because and all this science behind all these other places, they can't explain where these thoughts come from. They can't explain why these people just go out of their way to do something that doesn't benefit themselves. And then when you learn that, oh, there's someone putting these thoughts in your head, you learn how he does it. And then when you catch him in the act trying to put these thoughts in your head, he just sits there and he looks dumb. I'm not doing this, you're doing it. And then if you lose a battle because he tried something new that you didn't recognize you, You look at what happened, you look at how did he get me to a low enough point that I compromised my morals? How did he get me in a position in a place where I felt like nothing mattered, where I felt like those morals didn't matter? And you move on and you figure out what to do better the next time he tries that and you end up winning because if you just focus on yourself and focus on how to really make a good plan for the next 24 hours to figure out exactly the time, the place that he's going to tempt you,
2: you will never, ever lose battle. Thank you. I hope you moms are in church leaders who are attending to, to observe things. I hope you're. One of our goals for these general panels is to give you a little bit of shock and awe experience. Holy cow, a young man with a pornography history can talk like this and can think like this. Cody has joined us, Cody Haas. Thank you, Cody, for finding time. He's a very busy man, and he he is actually our clinical director. I'm the director of life-changing services. When my stewardships became a little stretching, Cody was right there to pick up the slack on giving his attention to the needs of sons of human and, and making sure things were clean and sharp and running well. And he trains the new clinicians that come on board to make sure they're suitable and helps them get started. Uh, Cody has a, a few, uh, training gifts that are different from mine as well. Uh, when people want to be hugged instead of, uh, psychologically drilled, uh, they go from me to him and they go, finally, someone who loves me and cares about me and, and actually listens till I finish my sentences. Uh, one of uh, Cody's gifts also is his, his depth of charity, compassion, empathy for the agony of the process. And I want Cody, if you don't mind, to talk about, because some of these moms are very scared about, what if it takes six months? What if it takes a year? What if it takes 18 months? What if it takes two years? if you could touch on just a little bit of the science of why it might take that long, but more the mindset that you bring to your group setting where there's no reason to feel broken if it takes longer. And that culture that you create, that is, that's a difference maker for your warriors. Can you talk about that? Those things please.
7: Yeah. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> I, I just know that there's so many parts of us that need to be healed. And so sometimes people can come in and, and really do really well for, because it's a new program, it's a new start for them. They're getting new information and they can come in and do really well, but there's some that have past parts that need to be healed. And so I think that's why it takes some time. And that's why people are delayed in their progress of recovery. Maybe there's some deeper digging that we need to do in order to heal past traumas. Just living in this life, it's really hard. There's going to be trauma. There's going to be hardship that we pass through. And so that's one of my biggest philosophies. I don't like I'm, I am going to get into the warrior chemistry. I'm going to get into a lot of that, but I also want to do a little bit of a deeper dive according to the developmental levels and age of the person that I'm working with to see maybe what they've gone through that maybe delays their progress and in, in recovery. And so I think that's just a delicate and gentle exploration that we need to do. And that's what I, that's my approach. Did I miss anything there Maurice or anything? You Perfect.
2: Know, I Thank you. I know I caught you off the spot and, and you're, you're coming in. So I, I don't expect you to have. <laughs> now, one of the things as I've heard some expressions of concerns from some of the moms, I want to remind everyone that these clinicians are available. One of the moms is concerned that I'm afraid my son is being shamed in group. I'm afraid my son is being rejected. I'm afraid my son is. Please don't wonder what's going on. Contact your group leader. Okay. It's not hard if you don't have their direct number. The mother's department has the contact information of every one of these uh, clinicians, their phone number is right on the website. We put it there in case you have to switch groups. And if you haven't been reminded, the investment that you make on a weekly basis is like a gym membership where they can go to as many groups as they want in a week. They can go on a Monday group, a Tuesday group, Wednesday group, a Thursday group, a Friday group, a Saturday group. They can go all week long. They can switch groups. Our tracking system allows us to each clinician who records their attendance. It tells the central computer they came to this group instead of that group. Okay. But we want you to have, feel like you're connected. We don't want you to be in mystery. Sometimes if it takes longer, you might have to invest in a full hour session with a clinician to do a real review of the circumstances. But each one of these group leaders are fully capable of being attentive to and customizing the specific needs of a boy in a group setting. They are all very different. Okay, So speaking of difference, I want to introduce you to We've got dungeons and dragons types, we got athletic types, we got a guy that brings a sword or two or three every week to group and wears and talks about chopping people's hands off. We got guys who now is a phenomenal multitasker. He can read a book, talk to his support team on his phone, and listen in group all at the same time. And then he can talk like President Monson. Oh, should we show him your skills on the Maybe sure. not now. Maybe later. Mm, yeah, okay, maybe some week. other time. Whenever. Okay. <laughs> if you close your eyes, he you sounds exactly like President Monson. Okay.
9: Now yeah. our office hours are um, weekdays from ten to six. Please call back then.
2: Now I'm not going to point out that both and I have attention deficit Sort of one of the things I love about Adam is he is he he and I had a, have a same problem hurting the butterflies in our brain sometimes and getting them organized. And so when people say Okay, your program is what for these type of young men or these type of young. By the way, I saw a question in the chat. Sons of Helaman is um, primarily for pre-missionaries, but we love it when post-missionaries come in for a while. Anyone who is still in their developmental mindset and they're not thinking about getting married yet, it's not really on their radar. So that's usually the Sons of group. We like to mix the ages on purpose because here's what we've learned. If you put a bunch of 14-year-olds in the same room with each other, they act like 14-year-olds. If you put a bunch of 19-year-old guys in the same room, they act like a bunch of 14-year-olds. Okay, But when you put 19-year-olds in the same room with 14-year-olds, the 14-year-olds try to act like 19-year-olds, and the 19-year-olds try to act like 23-year-olds. So everyone's more mature when you put them in that space. And And fear not, it's not allowed, nor is it necessary to talk about any graphic details of the newest way to sin this week. Okay. There will be no transfer of. I learned how to lose battles more when I went to group. That doesn't happen. It's not prison where people brag about their crimes. Okay. We don't. That's why we're led by skilled clinicians, and that they're equal to lead the groups. Adam, I'm. We're interested in some of these moms have young men who might have some ADHD features, who might have some autism spectrum features but somehow you have learned how to apply the principles and win anyway how how have you done that like how did you move it from over there to in here
9: It was always in here. It was just not always in here logically. But so what necessarily do you mean? Do you mean, do you mean like, how did I stop talking so much? Or how did (laughs) I start?
2: That's some of the guys, like you can tell him 25 times, can you please control your mouth? And one of the ones who goes, "Mm, yep. mm -mm," And he has control of it. So he can talk or he can not talk. But what I'm specifically talking about is, let's talk about manpower specifically.
6: Okay.
2: Like at first manpower was all over the place hard to get down hard to get organized for you but then you created a system so that you could be consistent talk to us about that
9: i think the first thing to realize about manpower is that it took me quite a while but the thing to know about manpower is that i when i first got here i was very misled i remember thinking at some point i'm just gonna most people know what a habit is. Oh, eventually at some point this is going to become a habit and it's just going to become natural and I'm going to just do it every day. It doesn't work like that with manpower. You have to, the thing is you have to put in the actual effort to be able to do it. Like you have to, every day you have to sit down at some point and do your writing or you have to find a ministering goal and you have to do your reading. And yeah. So what if you're not good at writing at, my handwriting has improved over the last few years. I don't know exactly what you mean by... You know those guys who say it's just not my thing, I'm not good at it,
2: I don't want to have to do the writing thing. What would you say to a guy in group if he says, I don't really want to do the writing thing or I'm not good at it?
9: Just say, just go for it, man. Like One of my tips would be find something that works for you. Like, for example, I used to do like the whole letter writing thing that was suggested. And I'm sure that's great, and I'm definitely sure that it works for the people, but it just didn't seem to work for me. But what I ended up doing eventually was I started, instead of doing that, I started using my writing goal as a way to journal, basically, and write about what had been going on during the day, like a captain's log.
2: So tell us about what if a guy says I'm not good at reading, I just don't like it, it doesn't do any good for me. What would you
9: say to him? I'd say, do you have dyslexia? Are you shaming them? Are you making it? No, of so course about- no, not. No. Sorry, that might have been a little offensive. That's my bad. <laughs> okay. Then after that, what would you say? I'd say if you shaming people, I, I enjoy joking, but shaming people isn't really my thing. I'd in my way, I'd just say it would help. It it would help. The reading literature That is been written by someone who is more intelligent than you are at the current moment. Also, I probably wouldn't use that wording now that I think about it, but writing, okay, and inspired literature by someone who has had more experience than we are. And I just tell them it's a good way to learn. And you could read like dragons, did they fight? There's another really good one called, that's really been helping me, called The Code. The samurai were very honorable warriors in Japan, and they fought well and were very honorable and integrable, integrity, and so, yeah, I feel like that's really good, because um, also, I would recommend A Future as Bright as Your Faith by President Monson. That's a good book.
2: Thank you. I went off on the ADHD
9: thing again, didn't I?
2: No, you were perfect, Okay. You got some mothers here that are falling in love with your adorableness and they can't help themselves because you're so amazing. Okay. Can you give some advice to the moms who might have sons who have some extra ADHD or autism spectrum elements? What advice do you have for moms if they're dealing with that?
9: I know Maurice would agree with me on this. Try to figure out what their personality is because different things are going to work for different personalities. Your opinion, Maurice?
2: Yeah, thank you for that. We are, it is very important, thanks to the Council of President Nelson, that it's important that we customize. When the Sons of Helaman, when the Manpower, or what used to be called Border Patrol, was first created, we had a very rigid approach to what was allowed to count as your six squares of manpower. We strongly encourage customizations now. Uh, President Nelson wants us to be conscientious and intentional about what we do. So, the reading is customized. The writing is customized. The ministering is customized. So, thank you for that. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I'm going to introduce you now, and I and want you to hear it, from Todd. Nice. Thanks. And Todd is one of our newest clinicians, and he's got a, a background that is valuable. Um, he has been a school teacher in the public schools for quite some time, and I'd actually like you, Todd, to tell a short version of your story of how you found us. And Todd's a scientist by background, and he studied the literature, the information very carefully, and then has been very committed and invested in not only being familiar with the concepts, but training himself well enough that he could actually teach the groups. What was it, Todd, that you found in your research of Sons of Human and the Dragons They Did Fight book that convinced you that was worth investing so much effort in?
10: Thank you. I... I guess I'll start with how I found life changing services. <clears throat> I retired from 30 years of teaching AP physics in the public school systems. Uh, I still tutor. I tutor quite a bit actually this time of year because there's a lot of there's a lot of students that have tests right before Christmas and Christmas break in college and in high school. But there's there, there's a lot of downtime especially the end of the year the end of the school year gets a little depressing for me because I love the feeling of being able to help help people and and it was May of this year that I went to the temple and I just I wanted I I, I actually go to the temple quite a bit but I I don't usually go for a reason. And I was actually there for a reason. And I wanted to know, Hey, what's it next for me? What do I need to do? And I didn't get anything. <laughs> I was in the, I was in the um celestial room and, and I, I saw some scriptures. I knew where I was in the book of Mormon. And so I just opened that up and started reading. And that happened to be this the chapter where the, phrase and like dragons did they fight was there and for some reason i just thought dragons what did they think a dragon was that's weird and then but then i i was in the scripture and i couldn't google it or anything and so i just forgot about it but after the next day when i was reading my scriptures again uh i thought oh yeah what was that and i went back oh dragons yeah so i google it and it's actually everywhere in the it's in the old testament the new testament doctrine count, it's all over the place i didn't even and so then i started thinking what did they think a dragon was and what and and what does it mean to fight like a dragon if you try that if you try googling dragons in scripture you will see that life changing services pops up and it just caught my eye and i thought what's this and so i Clicked on it and I saw the free ebook, Like Dragons Do They Fight? And the rest is history. <laughs> I read that pretty quick and I read it again and I read it again and I've got it marked like I mark my scriptures now. But I just, it just has made such a difference in my life. I, I served a mission with a mission president who was very goal oriented and self mastery oriented. And I, was I was an assistant to him and so I ended up teaching a lot uh, and teaching these concepts on how to self-master. And then when I read this, it was like opening up my past, the, the some of the most cherished memories of my past. And so I I am totally engaged in this now. I'm using the concepts to, oh, and I never said this, but in just a week after that temple experience, we had Elder Bednar at, at our stake. It was a region training meeting and then our state conference. And we I'm in a position where I actually had a little bit of a little bit of more uh, be able to just talk and he, one of the guys that was there, said hey what do you do for goals when you're already perfect? <laughs> they said that to Elder Bednar and he laughed and then he he said I do what you do. I it might be at a different level but I just do I do what you do. I and and then he explained that he likes to be healthy and try to run 3 times a week and that morning it was 7:30 by the way in the morning and that morning he had already run 10 miles. And um he said I like to do my 2 hours of scripture study a day. And we just got the uh, he he gave us the message that hey we're all we're all at different levels and we all have different responsibilities and different things that we do and the main thing is to just keep trying, keep fighting. And the thing that I actually just spoke in church Sunday and I talked about how we get these feelings of you are not enough or you're worthless and th- it's the same we teach the same thing in the life changing services that, that that is satan that is not you can't get down on yourself you're a child of god and the sooner you can figure out that is satan coming in and trying to get you to believe that and then not only that after you do believe that he disappears and says i didn't ever i didn't say that to you and we if we can get past that with not just these young men, but with everyone, we we can go so much further as human beings and inc- increase our self mastery and become more like the Savior. So that's my experience, and I appreciate Maurice in trusting me, letting me be a part of this.
2: Thank you, Todd. I want to ask a follow up question with you. Um... Obviously, you have known your religion and your gospel principles really well throughout your life and science well. What are one or two of the principles in the Life Dragons book, which is the training manual for the Sons of Helaman, which I put a link in the chat for all the moms if you haven't read it. The mom I met with last night, I said, you might want to read the book to make sure you know what type of thinking we're trying to help the young men experience. Todd, can you think of any one or two concepts that stood out for you as scientifically accurate as well as spiritually accurate? Maybe you've already hinted at it, but what comes to mind when I ask that question?
10: Yeah, I. Uh, funny enough, I have a. I got a master's degree in counseling a long time ago, 30 years ago, just because I, I wanted to get paid more teaching, <laughs> teaching physics. And that's just how the public school system works. You get a master's degree and they pay you more. doesn't even matter what it's in. When I retired, I actually thought about becoming a counselor in the school systems. And then I thought, no, nah, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then five years after that is when I had that experience in the celestial room and and later. The, and I realized, wow, this is either super, super lucky <laughs> or it's just... These foundational 12-step programs, these um, ideas behind understanding the mind and the chemicals, understanding the the things that come into your heart and mind as a spirit person, but also as a physical person and, and knowing how to adjust and how to balance those things it's phenomenal how little we we know and how new this this science still is comparative to other sciences and yet when you use the gospel you can you find ways to understand things that really the rest of the community of psychologists and that we we just don't understand we put it all on the person instead of recognizing that there's a higher power or a dark power it's like that just doesn't exist yet
2: thank you todd
10: yeah it's really nice to to have a have an understanding of that and being able to um, hear the spirit and to know um that you can you can depend on the savior and, and on love. Thank you, Todd.
2: Uh, Greg has been with us this whole time. Some of the other clinicians had to leave. And so I would like to give him an opportunity to share any extra thoughts. He's, he keeps moms in mind. He's he's one of those who thinks about the needs of your young men when he's not working. And he's always thinking of ways to make things better. Greg, what have you been thinking about while we've been talking today?
5: Any thoughts that I could share with mothers is just to remember what Joe Smith said. Teach them correct principles and let them govern themselves. You're the little S savior. They already have a big S savior. (laughs) Your, Your job is not to take upon them their problems or even understand them. I think the best thing you do is look at their journal. I always say, I want a woman to read this right here <laughs> Go and check that box on their manpowers, and be part of the learning experience instead of the shaming tell me what you learned from your lost battle how can i help you in that process because as much as you might not understand this, he doesn't understand some of the things you're going through. <laughs> I don't understand the complexities. I've been married for 37 years, <laughs> and I still try to struggle with some of the challenges of trying to understand my wife. But more importantly, we're working together. As I started out with my own son in this program a long time back, find something you want to work on. Do the manpowers together. Read the books together. Talk about what you're learning Read all these things. Let's, and as I tell all my clients, I'm like, when I started out, I tried to go 90 days without eating sugar. (laughs) And I remember my son coming up, he's like halfway through it. And he comes up, Dad, looks like you had a rough day, man. There's three Snicker Bar wrappers there on the floor. If you need some help, come talk to me. (laughs) And I'm like, shut up, son. (laughs) But we're having fun together instead of my son with a problem. We all got issues. We all have things we want to need to work on, and so the better we can work together, not take up—you're not taking his sins or problems on your shoulders. We're growing and learning together. It's always about growth and learning and staying in that process.
2: That's what I'd sure. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. So I want to share a couple things as we come near the end of time. One, if you took the time to be here, I'm willing to take some extra time with you in a one-on-one setting. I am putting my free consultation link in the chat. And if you came to this meeting, I am happy to spend time one-on-one with you. If you want to bring your husband and just talk over what's going on, concerns you have, fears you have, worries you have. Let's talk about it. This is a free consultation, so I want you to have access to that. Um, I'm going to have Brighton in a minute share the amazing summer camp. It's been suggested for probably a decade. Hey, how about you create a highly concentrated training environment for the young men? Scout Camp? And I'm all, hey, how about I don't because I don't like that. And then this guy, Brighton, shows up and he goes, it's my favorite thing ever to do scout camp type things. Brighton, get your links ready for that in just a second. Two more things I want to make sure everybody knows. We've been trying to make sure everyone gets informed. Unfortunately, due to the way the world works around money, we do have to bump the price of Sons of Eden starting the 1st of January. Group sessions will move from 65 to $75 per session. I think that's the only change that is relevant. We may change the price of PWT sessions, but probably we don't want to do those at the same time. That may happen in three to six months after the first of the year. But we try to make any changes around that be almost ignorable so that you cannot be collapsed by the financial side in an effort to give you more value. But at the same time, this is actually was a thought that Karen has had Karen Broadhead, Leaders of Mother Snow, many of the great ideas we implement in Sons of Heaven come from her and her exposure to moms. It has been brought to our attention that a lot of the moms would like to know more about and their families about uh, what we teach in a Sons of Heaven meeting. And so I've been running a class called Eternal Warriors. It's been around for probably 10 years, but I have not been teaching any Eternal Warriors classes. But I teach a, an ongoing rotating class called Eternal Warriors And if you have a son in Sons of Helaman, you are invited to attend that meeting for free every Monday night. But when we sell this class to families, it's dollars a week for the whole family. So it's not per person, but um, if you have a son in Sons of Helaman, we want you to come to this meeting for free. Okay. If you struggle to get the link for it, uh, just ask. Um, if you lose the link for it, just call us. I lost the link. It's at 7 p.m. Utah time on Mondays. Uh, now, I'll warn you, if you do come to that, um, I'm going to build off of Greg's comment. Uh, one of your requirements is you have to bring something you want to work on so you can start to experience the psychological war with, say, in yourself, and you can get a little feel for what it's like to uh, be intentionally working on something that's hard. Brighton, why don't you take 60 seconds if you would please? And then I'll, BJ, did you need any extra time or? Okay, go ahead, Brighton. Okay, I'll talk for just a second after Brighton does.
3: As Marie said, I have a background with scout camps, summer camps, stuff like that, and was really excited about the idea of putting together a summer camp experience for the Sons of Healmen. So the short version that we did took us about three years, but it's up, it's running. We had a fantastic summer this last year. Two of the generals you heard from tonight attended Camp Oneida. It was a fabulous experience. Our philosophy is to teach principles of self-mastery through adventure and fun. So we include activities such as blacksmithing, sword fighting, team building games, escape rooms, um, friendly, manly harassment, and all those kinds of things that boys have fun with and moms don't really understand a whole lot, but that's okay. And the idea is to reinforce what they're experiencing in group. And then we had a bunch of people say, well, What about my son who isn't in group? So we've actually opened this to all boys between the ages of 14 and 19 years old are welcome to come and participate in Camp Oneida. The link for the website is in the chat, camponeida.com. And a whole bunch of information is there. If you have questions, if you want to learn more, I will throw my email in the chat. And you can contact me directly, and I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Thank you, Brighton.
2: Moms, first, I want to express my gratitude for you. Um, Having been raised with all boys, my understanding of female psychology was limited. After interviewing, working with uh, wives and mothers, there's a gift that I have observed that you have that is almost a curse, which is this unstoppable drive to celestialize everything you touch. Okay, this. I just want to make things better for this person. I just want to make things better for this person. I just want the world to get along well with each other. I just want to protect them. And, And that drive is a significant moving energy in this world. I can't comprehend your. When every 24 hours your drive is unfulfilled again, I just wanted to celestialize my family a little bit more. Dang it. It didn't go as well as I hoped it did. And it didn't go as well as I hoped it did again. And it didn't go as well as sometimes men will complain, man, I can never fulfill my wife's expectations. I'm all, have you ever been in her head? Do you have any idea what it's like for a woman to not fulfill her own expectations? Okay. Ladies, thank you for this internal phenomenal drive that you have. Okay. We hope to be there for you. We hope to be a resource to you. And we will strive to do all that we can to be available to you. So please don't flounder. Please don't feel lost and at a distance from things. Oh, I just remembered one more piece. Because there's women like you, we are opening a door to a, what do you call it, a a special gathering of women called the Mother's Battalion. This is going to consist of volunteer moms who can't stop the drive to help and we're going to attempt to synchronize your brains into a, I don't know, a a Roman army, if you will, that is uh, in sync with each other and causes powerful things to happen. Most of those who work with Life Change Service start out as volunteers, but we're going to try and experiment as Karen's got to settle a few things down in her personal dynamics, but starting in the new year, We're going to start gathering, and the hardest part of when you do this is strong personalities working together can be shin kickers, for lack of a better term for it. Uh, I'm just trying to get something done here. Sorry that I kicked you in the shins and hurt you, so we're going to try to pull off a miracle, and we're going to put 5, 10, 15, 20 powerful women in the same room with each other, okay? And we're going to synchronize and synergize that power and turn it into a a way because one of my goals i have a miracle i want to pull off i want to pull off a miracle where it's normal common and comfortable for mothers to talk to each other about the sexual self-mastery issues of their youth where in the same way they talk about helping them get good grades helping them do well in sports Helping them acquire sexual self-mastery is an equally comfortable topic, and we have changed the culture where the entire society of our people no longer feel shame in discussing the vital element of self-mastery in the modern day. So that's one of our goals. So bring miraculous thoughts and feelings, and then we'll create a battalion of women who will not be stopped. I've got to go. Appreciate all that you do. Thanks, gentlemen, for joining us, Warriors. See you next time.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Thank you to the group leaders and the the graduates that that came today to talk to us. I'm thinking we're going to be grabbing little gems from what they shared today to be able to just have for other people. So just appreciate you, moms, and we're grateful to be a part of this. We love having a a gathering place where we can come and learn from each other and just hope that you feel, hope that you feel seen and hope that some of this information was helpful for you and your families. Hope to see you again next week.
0: Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you for being with us today. Warrior moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothers, know.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep mothers who you know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers you Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA eight young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for mothers you know and on instagram username at mothers underscore who know last if you would like additional support and training please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms you can also go to the Mothers You Know website at motherswhoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at motherswhoknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.